0: Tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmed after shots went through. So tell me why you mad, even your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We Twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your play is whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, being a 12 plus six here. Carson that was top rookie, I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it, market Smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? Hey <laughs> <Aziz. laughs> Jay, I, I see you there. She. Welcome to Everything Is the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional Celtics fan, and I'm joined, as always, by Celtics beat reporter. Some people call him the kid. Some people call him the god. I just call him Jay. Jay King. So uh, from the athletic, and we are also joined by another athletic writer, Zach Harper, the host of many different podcasts. I would say, but you'd mostly know him from Basketball Buds, where Jay also appears. He's also on Basketball Buds.
1: There is no ball in that. Get it fucking right. (laughs) Don't worry,
0: I screw it up at least every other time. Well, you're going to be welcome into our dynamic, Zach, where it's just uh, Jay just and me bickering every time. Jay's a very critical person to work with. He's so much more friendly on the basket buds, but here he's just at my throat. Well, that's the thing, because he and
2: I usually podcast with Dave DeFour. so it's always
0: just him bickering at Dave DeFour,
2: and then I jump on Jay's side, and it's just a much easier dynamic.
0: Well, yeah. I'm, hopefully he'll jump on my side uh, as we <laughs> uh, in this battle, but we're here uh, to preview the Celtics' upcoming series against the Toronto Raptors, both teams sweep their first round series against much inferior opponents. Jay has declared that we are no longer allowed to talk about the 76ers because they are such an awful franchise. So we'll be moving forward here. Uh, the big news, uh, I think, is that Kyle Lowry has a ankle sprain, but we don't know what the impact of that will be uh, moving forward. But, Zach, I'll go to you with the contingency that we don't know what the kind of Lowry injury is going to be. Uh, just your first reaction. Who do you think is like favored to be uh win this series? I think Toronto's favored, but I don't know how severe that is, right? I don't know how
2: how locked in you can feel about either team here, just because obviously Gordon Hayward's injury and and the Celtics don't have a ton of depth. Um, and and then don't have a
1: ton of depth or don't have <laughs> well, much depth any
2: <laughs> depth once Gordon's out, right? Yeah, I mean they run about like six deep in a seven man rotation, so. Um yeah, like that's that's a concern against a team like Toronto, who has a just like it seems like they just pick guys off the street, plug them in, and the guy can get 10, 15 points pretty easily and play defense. And so um, if Lowry's hurt and Lowry's hobbled, you know, he doesn't I know we had a championship run with him last year, but like he doesn't exactly exude confidence in the playoffs for a lot of people in the first place. Maybe that changes with championship understanding and all that all that stuff, but I think that if he's hurt, they can make up for it more than the Celtics can make up for a Gordon Hayward absence. But at the same time, I'm very intrigued by this matchup just because when I started talking about like, all right, I think the Raptors are going to win the East. Like, I don't believe in the Bucks. Like, it's going to be Raptors or Heat. I think the Raptors are going to kind of fly through it. There were a lot of people, I'll just say, close to Toronto or interested <laughs> in that situation that were like, I don't know if we can get past the Celtics. Like that, that was kind of an, that was an instant reaction as I was kind of floating like, Hey, Raptors going to win. And I, there were a bunch of people, you know, semi-related to this Raptors organization. They're like, I don't know if the Celtics are easy for the Raptors to beat. There's something about that matchup that just doesn't completely favor the Raptors. And that made me give a lot of hesitation to this because like you don't see that a lot with organizations, right? Like even I think the Celtics to a certain degree were concerned with Joel Embiid um, in that Sixers matchup, even if the rest of the team is a is a dumpster fire and then it turns out Embiid also a dumpster fire. Um, we're not
1: supposed to talk about that. Sir. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh,
2: Noel embedded. Does that work? <laughs> I, have to, I just There you go. <laughs> um, but like, it, I think you can even have a little pause in that. I didn't expect that with, Ra- with Raptors Celtics, but yeah, like I don't know that the Raptors feel like Yes, we we do own this matchup.
1: I wonder if any of that is the Raptors still being scarred from every year before Kawhi. Yeah. Like that franchise was always like, we're great. We're awesome in the regular season. And then we just get shit stomped by the best player in the Eastern Conference. And that happened. They won
0: a championship. How can they be scarred? They have like the. Their bench just scored 100 points in a playoff
1: game, <laughs> yeah. But against the Nets, that doesn't count, yeah, that definitely doesn't count. Not, not with everybody the Nets had missing, um, but I, I think the questions about them are similar to the questions that the previous team had, right? Like, they're a much better defensive team now, but who's your closer? Who, who's your guy that is going to get you the bucket at the end? If Lowry is hobbled, is it Fred Van Vliet? Is, is it Pascal Siakam? Is Siakam ready for that? And so they have some of the issues that the pre-Kawhi teams had, I think, but then their defense is just so good. And that's, that's what's yeah. a concern the Celtics, is that their defense is so good, and their defense will be able to just punish them for having their bench players on the court. Like Brad Wanamaker, Jimmy Ogley, Romeo Lankford, it's going to be so hard for those guys to play because Toronto rotates and helps and traps and does all that and does it so intelligently and will just – Destroy you for not having five guys who can dribble, pass, and shoot.
0: How much of the Raptors' fear is like kind of the classic trope of the best player in the series will win the series? Because I think that is clearly Jason Tatum at this point, and uh, maybe he just takes over. I think a lot of people have been asking us like to rank the players in the series. I think Jason Tatum is clearly the number one. After that, I think you can get a debate. It's like, depends how healthy Lowry is, but Lowry, Kemba, Siakam are all kind of in that same tier. But if it comes down to just like, who's the best guy, who's like the guy who's going to get you a bucket in the end, is that the fear just based on like, we don't have anyone who can really match up with Tatum. Right. And I think that's, I think that's a valid concern. I would also say
2: like, the Celtics have the two best scorers in this series, right? Like between Kemba and Tatum, like those two guys I trust with the ball more than I trust Siakam. Siakam's not been good in this restart. Like he's had like maybe two games where you feel like, okay, his, his offense is there, but like he shot 41% against the Nets. He didn't need to shoot better, but he shot 41% against a Nets team that like Justin Anderson stopped him. Like what it like, like they don't
1: have anybody, right? Like they. Haskell Siakam was like so good for a month at the beginning of this season.
2: Yeah, and and everyone, like, freaked out about it. And he still had a good season. I still think he's, you know, in the MVP conversation. I think he's he's worthy of top-five MVP, MVP consideration for this season because of how good he is Pascal defensively. Pascal Siakam, top-five MVP? I think he's in that conversation, for sure, because of what he means to that team. But at the same time, if you're giving me, like, end-of-the-game situation – he was good last year. He's been okay this year, but he's not a guy where I'm like, yeah, that dude's
0: going to win. And that's it's not the, a guy who's going to go bucket for bucket with Tatum like down the stretch of a game. Right. And, and maybe that's where you just decide like Nick Nurse's
2: coaching and his, his ability to just adapt and create, um, maybe that overcomes that, right? Maybe he can get so many good looks. And they have other guys like Kyle Lowry can hit a shot. Fred VanVleet has become a killer since – since they had a kid right like they, like all of a sudden he's he's so much better than he than he used to be um but i like i think they can i i trust the raptors ability to go get shots and make shots in clutch situations but i don't know that yeah i don't know if it's like all right now we, we're clearing the court it's tatum siakam yeah i don't know if i feel good about siakam in that role
1: and if you look at the numbers the raptors half court offense has been average all season yeah and I think it's partly because they like, like you said, Siakam isn't quite that guy. And I think the the half court offense for Toronto will really be a huge, huge indicator for how this series is going. If the Celtics can clamp down in the half court and and limit Van Vleet a little bit, limit Lowry, like you said, Lowry. I think the playoff stuff is overblown because if you look at the numbers, like the last four seasons he's actually been really good in the playoffs but he's also not like the at the in that top tier of point guards like a Damian Lillard where he's gonna just light your ass up right heatedly play after play
2: yeah he'll get you 22 efficiently but it's not like oh I don't remember a whole lot of moments where you know at the end of the end of the series like oh wow actually Kyle Lowry was pretty good instead of like wow Kyle Lowry's fucking killing us right now like I never <laughs> like I don't know that you really feel that right and that's that stuff matters. You feel that with Kembo. You feel that with Tatum. You feel that with Siakam at times. Yeah. But I don't know that you ever ever feel that. It's just a steady progression. Which you need. You need that consistency. But at a certain point, you need a dude to just take over for four minutes.
1: I'm so excited for this series because the Raptors might be like my favorite team to watch. I've been the They're biggest so I've been the biggest Fred VanVleet guy since he was at Wichita State, and the fact that he's scoring 21 points is just shocking to me. Contract year, baby. Did you like that like, pun, that- Wichita State Shockers? Shocking to me. I I, I didn't wow. like
0: it, and I like it even less now that you pointed it out.
1: <laughs> no, it was, well, always explain your jokes. I, it, trust me. It, it was it so bad well. I had to point it out. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, Lowry and Van Vliet are such pests, and Lowry versus Smart is just going to be incredible theater. It is going yeah. to be oh my God. just – everybody's going to be frustrated at those two guys for the entirety of this series. I think, too, these two teams – might be the most flexible teams, at least in the Eastern Conference. Like, maybe the Clippers are more flexible, but these two teams, like... <laughs> I mean, not <laughs> maybe not these days. Maybe not these days. <laughs> if Paul George ever yeah, comes back to life. Yeah, you out of the series, they don't get yeah. their shit together. <laughs> yeah, but, but, like, they're just so flexible and versatile, and I love how many different things the defenses can do. Like, the Bucks, you know what they're going to do. Giannis is going to trample you. And they're going to lay back in coverage. The Celtics and Raptors, they could do something different every play. And that's what's interesting to me. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your Nuggets are as safe as possible when that matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I know Packard likes to keep his balls tight and clean. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man like him, because of their their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology. Your snags will be reduced. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a new and improved lawnmower, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, which are so damn comfortable and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant. Nobody likes it better than when you smell beautiful down there. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Again, that, get 20% off and free shipping with the code TheAthletic20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TheAthletic20. Take your grooming game to the next level.
0: The thing that's like, it frightens me as a Celtics fan, I guess, is the how well the Raptors are can switch and how like kind of their ability to switch up on defense and they can yeah. go big with Marcus or if that's not working, they can kind of switch to Serge Ibaka. And in the series that we're not allowed to talk about, you had Ennis Cantor have a lot of minutes as the kind of the backup center. He it's should not, not hit, be a Cantor series. He should no, not no, play no. even once no. on this order. But that means for backup center minutes, uh, if the war on Tice continues and he continues to get in foul trouble, you're either relying on Grant Williams or the Time Lord. And the Time Lord's decision-making has not been great ever. And Grant Williams is... He did have four good seeding games, though. Well, that's all that matters right there. Well, <laughs> well let's pencil him in for the starting role then. I think that's the trouble. Like the Celtics bench is not great. I think Brad Wanamaker can give you some decent minutes. I can't see the same about Shemmy or like, like they have some guys who can play defense, but that backup center I think is going to be most important. And I think the, the Raptors can really counter, can kind of dictate what happens there because the Celtics can go small and then you put Gasol in the game and they don't really, like Grant Williams can't. Guard Marcus Gasol in the post, and then you put Time Lord in the game. I just don't know if he's. He like also the best
2: can't guard Marc Gasol in the post the because post. Marc Gasol's just too crafty,
1: right? See, so I'm, not, I'm not sure Gasol in the post is a thing anymore. Like,
2: no, at one point his, that was a he'll, thing. He'll, he'll he'll do the Jokic thing, but also play defense. Like he's like actually going. Like he's not going to score. Yeah. but he, he they move so much off him in the post. It's not like you're like, all right, go get us a bucket, big man, right? But he he will back down a smaller guy put you in a position and then he just knows where to where to move the ball next.
1: He's another one of my favorite players. They have so many high IQ guys. It is Well that that's nuts.
2: the thing like you're going from a series we can't talk about anymore, right? <laughs> to where they played the dumbest fucking basketball possible yep. with a coach who was completely overmatched to where I actually think like Brad Stevens is at a disadvantage here and that's not a knock on Brad Stevens. Nick Nurse is just that good of a coach already. Like and not just because he won coach of the year, he's throwing shit out there from a defensive scheme standpoint that just no one experiments with in the regular season. And it's all to like be able to play literally any style of basketball they need and they adapt. And it's not a Mike Budenholzer situation where this is how we play go beat us. Like, you don't know how they're going to play from game to game. And, and what you said, Jay, like this team is so smart. Like they, everything they do on both ends of the floor is so well-reasoned and well, you know, you know, research. And like, they know there's a purpose to everything. There's not a purpose to everything with most teams. And that's where the Celtics will be tested. And that's where that depth hurts because it doesn't matter. It could be Chris Boucher and and Terrence Davis out there. They're in that, that intelligence. Like they're in that system where they're, you can rely on good decision-making.
0: And that's the thing with like Tatum and the bench lineups kind of worked against the Sixers because, you know, it was the Sixers, and they just were continued to play drop <laughs> because it was then, Alec Burks. Like it was yeah. like you're not worried about Alec Burks in 2020. But then when you try to run that same lineup, the Raptors are going to have some sort of answer to slow down ja- a yeah. lineup of Jason Tatum, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Semi Oshley, and Brad Wanamaker, whatever the kind of uh, lineup is. Is do this is Jason Tatum. And then I guess largely like the Celtics have a counter to that. And this is going to be the actual series where there's going to have to be adjustments. I think with like Kemba and Tatum on the court at the same time, you kind of have a greater ability to kind of just counter and give different guys the ball. But if they're trying to run out one of their top three guys, Basically they have to have Kemba or Tatum on the court at all times just if they want to facilitate any sort of offense. You can't have Jalen in the bench. You like maybe Marcus Smart, like he's a pretty decent pick and roll play, playmaker, but then that also means you have Marcus Smart like jack and threes and you just don't want to have extended periods of the game where that's your entire offense. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see if Brad shortens the rotation because he was playing like 11 12 guys against the Sixers. Uh, but it's how they're able to kind of they're going to be slowed down by something the Raptors do. It's how they counter that. And then how the Raptors counter that. We're finally getting like playoff basketball where like adjustments took a round. Adjustment. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly.
2: And so are the Raptors, too. Right. Like, I'm curious, Jay, do you think the Celtics can get to the basket consistently against the Raptors?
1: I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens um, with Tatum, because. Tatum, like when he struggles, I think a lot of the time it's not with the the bigger guys and the, the longer guys. It's it's with the quick guys who like get up into him and really pressure him. Yeah. And Lowry and Van Vliet do that as well as anybody. And I think what could really determine how well Tatum plays in this series, how does he handle it when those guys are in his shit? Yeah. Does he does he take his time and get to what he wants and shoot over the top of them and have success that way? Or are they able to impact him a little? And so that, that's key. And then Kemba, like Kemba looked so good in the first round. I, I'm yeah. shocked by how good Kemba has looked because that knee issue, when it lingered after four-month hiatus, it was like, oh, shit. Kemba ain't going to come back and, and be himself. He was great against the Sixers. It's going to be a lot tougher against the Raptors. Um, I remember have-
0: one game from the earlier in the season, like – don't think it really matters like regular season matchups the Celtics won 3-1 and they but like Kemba scored i think like 20 points in the second half against the Raptors he had the kind of an ability to get to the rim and get past some guys uh, especially because they were putting Lowry and some of their quicker people on Tatum i think he's just a step faster than solid defenders like OG and um some of the like longer guys that they have but it's going to be a lot of uh Kemba i think the kind of the x factor here is What's Jalen Brown? Who's going to be like matched up against Jalen Brown? We saw him absolutely cook the old ass Al Horford. I'm imagining the Raptors will put, you know, someone with some the old side ass Al Horford. Jesus, hey, but, I, but I, he's he is old and he does. Um, but he's Al Horford and he is it's true, right? Many good points are been made so far, <laughs> but I think it's like Jalen Brown's not necessarily a guy you like look to for as like a creation he's the guy who just kind of will hang out in the corner and knock down some threes but he's been much more willing to shoot and much more willing to kind of get into the lane um I think if there's a lot of attention being paid to uh Kemba and Tatum is there kind of room for Jalen to operate as a as a guy who can get to the paint I don't know his his handle has improved drastically this year but I just don't like as a Celtics fan I'm not like very excited if it's like we're relying on Jalen to be the facilitator of the offense or the guy who gets into the paint.
2: Yeah. And maybe this is biased, but like I've always thought Jalen had that in him. Like, it, like coming out of Cal, like I just thought he was a guy where he has an understanding of the game and you just need skills to catch up to that understanding. Right. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. I'm not saying he can come out here and be like a point forward, but I do think he has the ability to, get into the teeth of a defense and then make a great decision with the ball, whether that's for him or someone else. The problem is he's getting into the teeth of a really good defense and a defense that has really active hands. And did the skill set catch up enough to do it against the Raptors? I think he can do it against
1: most teams, but the Raptors are just a different animal. I'm curious to see, too, the one thing about the Raptors – they're, they don't play defense the same way as the Bucks, but they give up a ton of three point shots. They do, yeah. I, I think they were second in the league for the season at opposing three point attempts. They gave up forty six per game to the Nets in the first round. Obviously, that maybe stats from that series should not even be <laughs> that or, or 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 judged. But but they give up a ton of threes, and the Celtics when they have their best lineups on the court can really take advantage of that because they have a lot of guys who can shoot the three and so I'm interested to see how that aspect of the series plays out are Tatum and Kemba and Jalen and Marcus Smart going to get really good looks and if they do that's that's bad for the Raptors
2: yeah and I agree with that the Raptors were the best team in terms of accuracy against them from three-point line yeah. but I don't know I don't know what that like that's easy to do against like the Bulls, right? Like that doesn't mean anything. Like you can get you can get bad teams to take bad bad shots that they think are are good shots. Um Celtics obviously a much better shooting team and a much smarter team. But does that mean like, hey, we're gonna try to get Marcus Smart to shoot eight three pointers in the series? He'll
0: do it. He'll <laughs> do it, right? That's I mean, that's oh, you might not even have to try. try. Like, he he right, might like, do
2: that shit like, anyway. But they could like that could be a whole thing of um of just like, you know, like one of my favorite athletes ever, like well, athlete is a strong word, but like Greg Maddox, right? Greg Maddox was my favorite oh, pitcher ever. Man. <laughs> I mean, so, legally, yes. Uh, but Greg <laughs> Maddox would like throw pitches to guys that they would hit to the warning track th- because he was like, I know later on in the season, if it's a big spot, they think they can hit that ball out of the park. And, that, and I know they can't, right? Like if I do what I do, and I think the Raptors are that way in that they will make Marcus Smart think not only – should I be shooting these shots but I can hate I can hit these shots and maybe he has one of those games but historically not a good idea for
0: Marcus Smart in the Celtics right well Marcus yeah. Smart doesn't need any convincing that he should right. take the <laughs> shots right. but he could go off I think the thing that's interesting is that the Raptors because they like do so many different things on defense like the Celtics usually struggle with teams that switch a lot like they they seem to just not know how to I guess attack those individual matchups and I think something we've seen uh, more uh since the kind of the bubble is the use of zone and the the heat basically used a zone to destroy the celtics and the the seeding games and the celtics just seemed to like not know what to do with it if there's any team i would have faith in just like like successfully implementing a zone or playing it well it would be a team like the raptors i'm kind of curious to see how like how the celtics adjust to that because they're not really great at teams that switch a lot and they're not really. great dealing with the zone and there's just two kind of like cards that nick nurse can play really at any time yeah and the the raptors did
2: i think the the second highest percentage of zone possessions this year behind the heat like they and they do it really well i think that's where you get into like if you can get tatum into the middle of the floor if you can get Jalen into the middle of the floor and then they they can just kind of work off that then you know, maybe you're just leaving Marcus Smart open on, in those zone possessions, but you can get quality shots out of that. I think that's where you miss Gordon Hayward the most is because he's so good at being in the middle of a
1: defense and making decisions. Yeah, the Gordon Hayward absence will be felt so much more against Toronto than it was against that other team. We <laughs> that other team, right, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it really matters. And, like, the three-point thing, if, if they're giving up a ton of threes, which they are going to do, it's one thing if Gordon Hayward's taking them can you get a, a three or two per game out of Romeo Langford, Grant Williams? Well, Grant Williams is a make. great shooter now, right? Grant Williams, Grant, Grant Williams not, is
2: saving them all for the postseason. Not just a three in the playoff.
1: <laughs> he has never missed a playoff three-pointer, the clutchest man who ever lived. Yeah, I mean, but, you know. Put him on that list with Steph Curry and James Harden and Clay Thompson now. He's but but can you squeeze a three or two per game out of those guys? I think that would be a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And, and if it goes the other way, if Toronto can just – send even more help off those guys, then their defense is even more formidable. Gordon Hayward, like, when they have him, they can always have at least three of their main guys on the court. Yeah. Always. Now, they, they, they're they running Tatum and bench lineups, like, Tatum and four bench players. I, I think Brad needs to limit the bench. Like, you can't have all those guys playing. Why are you playing 11 guys in a game that Gordon Hayward isn't even playing it? Like, Right, well, that,
2: that can't that's be doing career. that
1: against Toronto.
2: Yeah, like it, this may sound like a stupid question, but I really mean it. Like, what are the what do the Celtics do about Norm Powell? Right, like who do they have that like matches what Norm Powell does? Because Norm is Norm's been great this year, but like the Celtics don't have that guy without Gordon Hayward on the floor. Right, like that just that random like this dude could get us twenty at any time off the bench.
0: Like, oh, they I don't let, know, or they I guess he's, if
2: he's starting, whatever. But like, they don't have that
1: dude. How do they match Norm Powell? Do they need to match Norm Powell? Okay. They're, also, they're, a fair question, right? Th- their way of matching Norm Powell isn't going to be like we have a bench guy who's going to go and get fifteen. Right. It, it's going to be we're going to shift more of our possessions to Tatum, Kemba, and Jalen, and hope they're good enough. To, to, to get you like
0: you need get, like 80 points from those guys combined i like i think if you're just yeah like and like they show that they like i think kemba can easily get 30 i don't know if it's going to be consistently tatum it seems like it's more consistent jalen kind of fluctuates depending on how well he's shooting from deep um the thing i'm curious about is like on the other end the celtics still have a top five defense in this league it's yeah. like how do the raptors consistently score points I, like they hope brad puts Cantor on the court I mean, Cantor right, that's did not even, I wish this game was like, I wish there was still home court advantage just so Cantor could not travel to Toronto and he like, there would be less <laughs> risk. of him playing.
2: I, I mean, I think the, the key for Toronto is just the easy buckets. Right. And that sounds very basic and you know, kind of is very basic, but they force a lot of turnovers. Celtics don't turn the ball over a lot. Right. Like that's two like very, very big clashes there. And so if Toronto can, kind of speed up the pace of the game by forcing sloppiness they're very good at taking advantage of that for the most part I think especially in this kind of environment but if they can't I mean Jay you mentioned like their off their half court offense it's fine but it's not it's not anything that you worry about like when they had Kawhi and so unless Siakam becomes that dude consistently
0: uh, yeah they could be in some real trouble against what the Celtics do. That's the yeah. thing about the Celtics' defense is that they're like I think Tatum has made a lot of leaps. Like I would have no, like I think Siakam will get like occasionally against Tatum, but if you're just relying one on one um, on, like the Celtics present the same issues. They are very good at switching. They're very good at scramming people right. out. Like they, you can't really exploit a lot of matchups against them. They'll try to attack Kemba, I guess, uh, and try to get switches on that. But in the series, not to, uh, we can't name. It's freaking Voldemort at this point. but uh, <laughs> The Sixers were not great at uh, doing that, um, but I just don't think there's like a lot of weaknesses on the Celtics uh, defensively. And as long as they can, like, if they can make this a half court game, uh, I think there's a lot of chances for them to, like, as bad as their bench is offensively, I still think that like Romeo has played solid defensively. Grant as long as he can keep his hands up and not just, like, slam down and foul people. Right. He's like plates in solid minutes, and he can, like, guard a number of different people. As bad as the Celtics' bench is in terms of, like, generating buckets, they're just, they're all kind of solid defensive players, and so I think it's still going to be a struggle for the Raptors to get offense. On um, The more I'm thinking about it, I've, like, gone back and forth, like, who's going to win this uh, series. I have no idea, and I think that's, like, the best thing you can have going into a series. So you just no idea who's going to win.
2: Yeah, and I, I think for m- me, like, it's still that idea of Toronto people going, yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about getting past the Celtics. Like that's messing with my head because I would normally feel like I'm just very high on this Raptors team. Like I feel very good about them because the intelligence on both ends of the floor and their relative execution. But like, why would they be worried about that? And that's not to discount the Celtics, but I just keep going back to this and, and like Tatum just might, just might be a, a wrecking ball in this series right like if tatum if tatum plays the way that i think everyone expects him to it's it's hard to have an answer for that
0: but he needs to do it for the whole series we saw him really struggle in game three and basically because he was in foul trouble then never really got in a rhythm they eventually but that whole game they he was struggling like they need a great tatum game for however long the series goes because you're right they're just like they need basically great games from both Tatum and Kemba for at least for the entire series. Now they can't have a down game from uh, one of them because the Raptors are going to figure that out and just basically focus their entire defense on the other guy. There, I guess we, I guess we solved the series, guys.
2: <laughs> Wait, who's going to win it?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's go with predictions. I need some predictions. Packard, we'll start
0: with you. I mean, I'm a professional Boston Celtics fan. That's what I've dubbed myself. It's going to be Celtics and seven, but you've clearly said you have no logic or reason behind uh, that. That's just pure blatant. A cop out, though. I, I Celtics and think... six, then I'll easily be bullied.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think Celtics and seven. I think Tatum will be the best player in the series, and and it'll matter that he is. So I'll cop out and say Raptors and seven.
0: Oh come on! That's Why cop- is that a cop out?
2: You've been you've been on the Raptors the whole time. Yeah, but it's a cop out to say in seven because because it's like it's the whole like I don't know who's gonna win thing. I'll just flip a coin. All right, fuck it. Raptors in six. I don't feel good about that though. That's but the here's thing. the thing: I, this I'm is a coin flip series. It is a coin flip series, absolutely. Um, I also think it's very possible this series ends either way in five games. It's just five amazing games.
1: Yeah. That could happen. I'm still interested to see how the bubble affects how series go. Like I'm not sure we've seen it yet,
2: but like – The offense is too good, and it's not a like these guys are this good at offense. Like there's something going on with this bubble and like the shooting sight lines and everything. Like even when teams play good defense, it doesn't matter. Like the offense is just that good unless you have like – how old Neto is your point guard? Like that's when (laughs) when it becomes an issue, but this is like – there's something going on with the offense here. So it may like this will sound like this is just amazing analysis, but like it may actually be in this series. Like who's able to play defense, right?
1: Yeah. And I would, I would guess the Raptors of, of the two teams, but
0: I well, The uh, not have a top five defense. I would guess they also can play defense. That's also good analysis. We're just fucking <laughs> killing it. On this just, yeah, man. This is like, just where's the <laughs> TV show. It's going to come down to who, which team makes more baskets than the other team. Sometimes that works. Make the mobile offense
1: league. is crazy. Jam- it is, when, man. When Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell are both throwing regular 50 yeah. pieces out Donovan there. Donovan Mitchell
2: is really good, and he's having a great series, but he's got two fifty games. Like,
0: it, well, it's the Nuggets. Never mind. I just answered my own <laughs> question. It could, could just be the Nuggets. It's just the Nuggets. But if you look into the, the nerds on Friday on the Athletic NBA show, they'll talk about how, like, shot making is up and that, yeah. like, it's it's a genuine statistical thing in the bubble, which I just don't really get. Does like the does the crowd affect the focus of the players that much? I mean, I do think there's something about um, when
2: you're in a gym consistently, the same sight lines. Like it's not that. Oh my god, the you know garden so much different than wells fargo center oh sorry we can't mention that <laughs> either. but like yeah you know, like it's it's not that it's so much different it's just like there is a change there's a change in depth there's a change in what you're seeing there's even a change from game to game if you're you know if you're in uh well i was gonna say madison square Garden, but then a playoff games if you're in staples center right there's a change game to game even when it's a lakers crowd lakers crowd in back-to-back games it's not the same people the same spots it's not the same you know like there's differences in that whereas it's just the same thing every single time in these gyms. And, the, you know, you can make as many funny faces as you want as a virtual fan. Like none of that stuff, like they're not even seeing that stuff. So the Celtics just,
1: fans bring it out the broom. That, that was, was great. That, that is awesome.
2: phenomenal. I mean, we need more that. heckling somehow virtually through all this stuff. Like, I don't know if it should just be like a bunch of um, – I don't know, like just put a bunch of moose on the, on the screen to try to distract the Canadians. Like, I don't know how you distract Canadians. I don't know what you do there. I don't know if you just show them like medical bills that people have to pay in the States to freak them out. I don't know what that is, but there's gotta be something.
1: The brooms were a phenomenal touch. They were. We appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. And uh, that was it for this episode of anything is potable Packard. Packard. We'll be here. Packard and I will be here every day, basically, during the playoffs. We'll be here. Post-game shows, we'll be here on off days. We'll be here every morning. We'll be
0: showing up to Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Bro, you just completely cucked me. I do the intro and outro every episode. I try to steal it. I try to steal it. you your national friend Harper here by uh, doing I the outro? I try to steal it. He butchered it, too. Like, he's just yeah, 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 there's yeah. a reason why I don't do that. <laughs> I'm not very good at the outro either, but he just – it was uh, – yeah, no, He really slid in there. And he didn't even end it by going, Thank you for listening to this episode of El Eto'o That's how you do an outro. Yeah, I
1: thought the whole time you were going to just cut me off and and start doing it. So I, I wasn't prepared to go full <laughs> way, and, and then you just <laughs> let me
0: go. Just start
1: pulling out, listen on, listening yeah. on Spotify. and do
0: this yeah. and that. You're
2: just stealing stuff in a grocery store, waiting for security. And you're like, I guess I'm going to walk out with this stuff. I don't
1: know. Dropping stuff. Oh, man. So for the kid. I'm not going to lie.